Blog Talk Radio. to raise the question, what is it that we're going to do independent of white people? It is very, very hard for us to envision a world without white people. But we cannot create our own agenda until and unless we can define an agenda that can envision a world in which they don't exist. Now we have to wake up and come back to the reality of them. But certainly when we talk about a future, we have to talk about a future from our point of view and our historical understanding of reality. Habargari, Majwa, Salbona, Anisogoma, Indamanesh, Indamana, Nangadeth, Peace, War, Pan-African Greetings Family. This is Kamal McCasey Tahuti, and I am your host for Africa's Reascension. Before we get started, as usual, um, we would like to open up with an apae or a libation, <clears throat> excuse me, which deliberately calls upon the energies of our African gods, our African spirits, and the forces of those yet born to guide and bless this endeavor. I go, I go, I go, Odumakuman. Inyame, Inyame wa, treaty upon, Amen Ra, Olorun, Chukwu, Beje Ensa, Asa Seya Ensa, Abasun Ensa, Abasun Po Ensa, Nana Sergibi Ensa, Nana Esiketua Ensa, Nana Darikofi Ensa, not a tigre, not a tigre, not a tigre, insa. Kweku free, insa. Not a kumi, insa. Akonade bena, insa. Asubontin, insa. Bocherewa, insa. Tamensa, insa. Yemenya, insa. Ogun, 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 insa. Shango, insa. Herukahuti, insa. Jehuti, Insa, Maat, Insa. Yeshremo and Kwaso, Abbasu Fao, Ye and Kwaso. I ask Odumakuman, Inyame, Inyamewa, Treaty Upon, Olorun, to use me and this forum to impart clarity and cultural consistency to all within the sound of my voice. May I speak directly to your soon soon, your spirit, and reawaken the long, dormant, asleep, African inside of you. Medasi pa, medasi bio, mo piafo, 
Mone Casa. Madassi Nana no. Yo, Madassi Nana no. All right. The Apai is an ancient practice that's still done to this day in all rural traditional areas throughout the continent. Past, present, and future become one as those of tomorrow. Look upon what we are doing now in drawing strength from and doing the rituals of yesterday. Again, I say welcome, everyone. Um, Africa's reascension. Um, uh, uh, a magnificent, magnificent discovery <laughs> took place this week. Um, and I'm going to just jump right into it. Um, need as much time as I can. Um, for everyone who's listening live, who's in the chat, who'll get this up on archive, you have to, within Blog Talk, you have to search for Black Family Vanguard. The Blog Talk show called Black Family Vanguard. There are two brothers. It's ran by two brothers, Ibiko and Brother Heka Aman. These two brothers, um, at the beginning of October, they did a show called The Spiritual Willie Lynch Letter, October 3rd. Then they did The Spiritual Willie Lynch Letter Part 2 on October 10th. October 10th was also supposed to be the day that I was going to do my first show on this book, How to Make a Negro Christian. What's interesting is that their spiritual Willie Lynch letter, they came across on their own. They didn't know me. <laughs> they came across on their own the religious instruction of the Negro, the book, the 277-page book that's online. And it completely, I'm sure there were some other things, but it completely changed their lives. One of the brothers was on the track, the fast track to get into the seminary, Christian seminary school. The other brother, Heka Aman, he was already a pastor. They came across this document. They probably, you know, shared it amongst themselves and, of course, heard some other stuff. And they, at least for right now, have totally did a complete 180 within that Christian piece. And they are now putting out information, um, of course, adding to their own understanding and are trying to get people to get out of this thing called Christianity. And so the the only, I, I can't think of no other way, only the ancestors led them to me because I didn't know about them. They hadn't known about me. They were doing their show already. I was doing mine. Some type of way through the ancestors, they found out about my show. They found out about my book, bought my book. And so then just today earlier, they did a spiritual Willie Lynch letter part three which then um, they had some very um, commendable words um, based on their reading of the book and based on what they're doing. And I want to share that right now. This is, again, from Black on Blog Talk Radio, Black Family Vanguard. We have to add these brothers, at least these three shows. I mean, they're doing some good stuff, but, of course, since we're talking about Religious Structure of the Negro, Charles Colcott Jones, for even more additional ammo, you'll need to check Spiritual Willie Lynch Letter, Part 1, Part 2, Part 3, from Black Family Vanguard on Block Talk Radio. Here's what they had to say about my book just earlier today. 
I've actually it's been a, been a I think a very productive week uh, in the sense that the uh, the document that we've been discussing for the past few weeks um, the religious instruction of the Negro and dealing with uh, the the Reverend so-called Reverend Doctor uh, Charles uh, Colcott Jones um, I actually found or I guess was led to a uh, an individual a uh, a black male who's actually written a book. Uh, on the very topic, he's actually put together a book along with his commentary and analysis of this very document. Um, and and, and the, the beautiful part about the book is that along with getting the, the sermons of Dr. Uh, Colcock and, um, and his religious instruction, it also includes the appendix um, from Dr. Colcock, but even even better, it includes um, it includes alternatives, if you will, to the religion of Christianity, or I guess religion in general. Uh, he he gives a very very good introduction into what we sh- we were doing uh, and should be doing, but what we were doing prior to the invasion of uh, of the the Arab and the uh, oh, I say and, but the European. Um, so on the front page of this show, you will see a link uh, to his, his website uh, so that you can purchase the book. And he actually has given away, I believe, two books or for the price of one. So you, if you purchase this book, he will also give you a complimentary book uh, just for, you know, just for your effort. Um, so I, I've been dialoguing with this brother, and I, I would strongly encourage everyone to check out his website uh, here at Blog Talk uh, and check out his his analysis of his own book. He's uh, he's give, he's dropping a lot of information for those out there who say, well, if I if I let go of Jesus and I let go of the the Holy Bible, uh, what can I turn to? Um, and what you can turn to, and what we all should be turning to or returning to, is that which was which was taken from us. Um, I mean, and when I say taken from us, I, I guess that's being nice. Uh, sounds like uh, what was was ripped ripped from us and and murdered out of us. Uh, our ancestors were were killed for practicing their spirituality. Right, right, brother. Um, great book by uh, Brother Kamal Makoski Tahuti. Um, yeah, Kamal. Yep, Kamal Tahuti. Yeah, Makesi Tahuti. Yep. Yeah, uh, it's um, yeah. Of course, addresses um, uh, that the uh, idea that we had no culture or no spirituality worth worth anything before enslavement. Uh, it's a great analysis, great commentary. Uh, for those of you who are unable to go to the site, uh, I did uh, write down um, the, uh, uh, you can send um, the check of money order to m.e.d.e.m.d.e. P.O. Box 53, Suitland, Maryland, S-U-I-T-L-A-N-D, Maryland, 20752. Um and uh, you send uh, sixteen ninety five plus uh, three dollars shipping and handling um, with your name, mailing address, and email or phone number, and uh, Brother Tahuti will get you out this great, great uh, 
uh, follow up on the um, on the uh, the re- re- religious instructions of the Negro in the United States. Great, great book. All, I think all of us need to have this book as well uh, in order to help guide us in the direction that we need to really go in. We thank Brother yeah, um, for this book. Yeah, and a quick a quick link is on the front page. It'll actually take you um it'll take you to a, a website that he set up so that you can take a look at the selection of uh, free books that you can get along with his book. Um but on the, under our links section you'll see uh you'll see the title How to Make a Negro Christian uh and, and that'll take you directly to that site where you can peruse uh the catalog of currently available uh free books. Um, but yeah, and uh, check out his show. He's he's one of our friends uh, now, and you'll you'll see him listed as uh, Kamal three hundred one. And uh, yeah, just take a listen to to his archives. I think he has a show coming up tonight as well, uh, where he he delves uh, some more into the book. So if you want to get an idea of, of the contents of the book and if it's if it's worth your your purchase, which I personally believe it is, but you you can make that determination for yourself. But yeah, to uh, to actually to actually see the sermons uh, in 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 print um, in a in a book format was very interesting because I, I guess I can give one tidbit that you probably wouldn't know uh, because I didn't know until I read the book is that uh, a lot of the he wrote some more stuff that's just not available anywhere. Uh, he had to actually uh, take a visit to the the Library of Congress in uh, Washington D.C to get some of this information. So I would say, in a sense, a lot of this information has been censored, uh, given the fact that you can find just about anything on the World Wide Web, uh, but yet you have to go to the Library of Congress to find some of this documentation, which uh, we believe uh, is, is, very, uh, is, a, is a very integral part to the, the brainwashing or brain trashing that has taken place uh, on us while uh, being here or here in this country as well as uh, in other places with this religion of so-called Christianity. So yeah, definitely, definitely have to give uh, recognition to this brother for his, for his work because I'm really not sure we would even know anything about this if it wasn't for his research and digging into it. Um, a, a great contribution to the liberation of the minds of the people. I agree 100, brother. We 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 thank um, brother uh, Tehuti for his writing. So again, <clears throat> excuse me. I got I I just met these not met but just um, cyber met these brothers this week. They're not paid actors. They were not paid to make those statements. Only through the ancestors <laughs> were 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 we um, linked and and happened to be talking about the same topic on Blog Talk Radio at the same time. That that could also be indication that um, something's happening in the spirit world where that th- this information needs to get out to as many people from as many different areas and angles as possible. Because, again, and hopefully one day, you know, maybe I can even get one or both of them on this show. Because, remember, if, if for, for 
listeners of last week, I had asked it would be great if we could get if I could get folks on here who had been Christians and then who came out of it and now they're on the reaccanization path. And lo and behold, we find <laughs> two brothers come across the path, one on the fast track to the Christian seminary, the other one was all up in it as a pastor, as a preacher. And and their own ancestral lineage or circulage decided, nah, you've been in that long enough, we're about to pull you out and get you on this African path. And and from from, from their shows thus far, they are definitely on that. So please, I'm, I'm going to add a link to them on my page um, after this show is over with um, Black Family Vanguard um, here on Blog Talk Radio. So, going to play a promo and some music and then get right into it. Um, we got a lot of ground to cover. Um, there was a snippet of information directly about Charles Colcock that I neglected, so I have to get that in, and then we'll jump right into um, selections of, of his sermon that he, that he that started the whole thing in 1831, the Religious Instruction of the Negro. Peace and divine love, family. Do you want to critically analyze African culture from an intellectual, honest, and practical perspective? Are you tired of all the distractions, self-righteousness, yelling and arguing with no plan or solution? Do you want to build on the facts and deal with the subject or issue at hand? Well, come and listen to our nation's ambassador, Asar, Acknowledge Born every 9th and 19th of each month at 9 p.m. That's every 9th and 19th of each month at 9 p.m. on the show everyone is talking about, African Holistic Healing, at blogtalkradio.com forward slash Ambassador Asar. That's blogtalkradio.com forward slash Ambassador Asar, spelled A-U-S-A-R. Or call in live to build or ask questions at 347-850-8653. That's 347-850-8653. Peace.
All right. Um, I don't know how that's going to sound. I know over the phone that sounded very, very choppy. I apologize. I don't know how that sounded on the computer. Um, no one said anything in the chat room. Um, but I'm sure it'll come out sounding fine on the um on the in the archive. But for folks who are on the phone listen, I apologize. I'll see if there's anything I can do with cleaning that up. But anyway. So yeah, so last week by way of recap, we just walked through basically the introduction of my book, How to Make a Negro Christian, a reprinting of the religious instruction of the Negro and other works by Dr. Reverend Charles Colcott Jones. Um, the biggest thing to get out of the introduction is that we were Africans, we are Africans, and we will always be Africans. Um, and we did not come over here as Christians. Contrary to, I'm reading from the book now, page six, contrary to popular belief, the Africans enslaved in America were not Christians. The builders of this nation were practitioners Practitioners of various African religions, popularly known today as Bodun, Ifa, the Orisha, uh, Mamiwata, etc. These spiritual practices of the African enslaved in America have their ancestral origins directly from Dahomey or present-day Benin, Nigeria, Senegal, Ghana, the Congo, and other West African nations. Though some forms of westernized Christianity made its way to many West African nations prior to the transatlantic voyages, it effected little inroads into the lives of millions of traditionalist Africans captured and enslaved in America. So we got to get that in our head. We, we were Africans. We are still Africans. We brought our culture which includes our spirituality and our spiritual practices over with us, and laws were passed, people were killed, things happened um, to stop us from doing that. And then then enters Reverend Charles Colcock Jones. Um, this um, Caucasoid was born in Liberty County, Georgia, 20th of December, 1804, he died there uh, March 16th, 1863. He married his first cousin. Um, he wrote, he, he introduced the sermon in 1831, The Religious Instruction of the Negro, which we'll talk about tonight. Um, then he wrote a whole book about it with the same title a year afterwards. Then by traveling through the South, um, talking with other enslaved African owners, hearing their um, objections, hearing their concerns. Um, in 1847, he updated it with um, the suggestions of the religious instruction of the Negro, um, which which addressed those concerns and um, laid out some specific plans on how to stop us from being African African spiritually and become the groveling Negro Christians that we are today. Um, one thing that I forgot to read into the record last week, um, there was a huge book written about, you know, major players down in the South, specifically his family, the Jones family, then some other folks. It was called Children of Pride by a Caucasoid named Myers. And so this is what he had to say about um, Colcott. 
Nothing contributed more to Dr. Jones's success in the spiritual elevation of the Negro race than his catechism of scripture, doctrine, and practice, first published in 1837. This volume, designed chiefly for the oral instruction of colored of colored persons, was used exclusively. Excuse me, was used extensively in families and schools throughout the antebellum South. It was translated into Armenian and Turco-Armenian by Reverend John Bailey Adger, a missionary at Sermon in 1842. It was also translated into Chinese. <laughs> by Reverend John Wynn Quarterman, missionary in 1853. Um, then, like I said, a second volume, Religious Instruction of the Negro, was published in 1842, considerably augmented the um, usefulness of the first, the first work that he did. Um, through his publications, as well as through his labors among the blacks, Dr. Jones won nationwide recognition. So I, 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 I was going too fast last week, forgot to add that part in, so I definitely want to do that. So, like I say, going through the book, and I don't know why my switchboard just disappeared. Okay, thanks, hold up. Um, I don't know why my switchboard isn't up. There it is. Okay, everyone's here. All right. So, after we, if, if, from the book, if you um, after the intro, and then after the, walking through me going through some effort to prove that this guy existed, <laughs> um, we move into the religious instruction of the Negro a sermon. And what I do is I uh, reprint the actual text, and so so folks won't say I'm taking stuff out of context. Um, I'm just sound biting them to death. No, I give you the whole damn sermon so you can read it word for word for yourself. And then I come on afterwards. And um, now with his exact words laid out, let's look more directly at some of the more disturbing thoughts, statements, and quote-unquote instructions of this lead spiritual colonizer. And so I readdress some specific excerpts. And then I um, add some commentary. One of the quotes that comes um, from the religious instruction of the Negro, he asked a question. Do they need the gospel? We can return, but one answer to this question, and it is an affirmative one. The description which the Apostle Paul in his epistle to the Romans gives to the heathen world will apply with very little abatement to our Negroes. They lie, steal, blaspheme, are slothful, envious, malicious, inventors of evil things, deceivers, covenant breakers, implacable, unmerciful. Was he looking in the mirror when he was t- Okay, anyway. Um, they are greatly wanting in natural affection, improvident, without understanding, and grossly immoral. Chastity is an extremely rare virtue. Polygamy is common, and there is little sacredness attached to the marriage contract. So this is what this Caucasoid had to, this is what he felt about us. And so he definitely, that's why he felt that um, need to give us their damn book. Uh, 
we I'm still still reading from the book, but this is me talking now. Uh, oh no, no, let me go back. He he then has this to say. This is Cole Cox speaking again. Welcome to all the callers. Anyone in the chat room that wants to join in, maybe add into the discussion, 760-454-1111, 760-454-1111. Anyone who's on the computer listening, listening um, please go to the show page and click all the books, all the ads. That helps a brother out. Cole Cox said, generally speaking, they appear to us to be without hope and without God in the world, a nation of heathens in our very midst. So now this is my um, commentary. We must remember that this hadn't been tried before. Taking a native population from their place of origin and manufacturing life, identity, and reality for them. Part of the tactic within that grand strategy excuse me, was to displace and dislodge our innate origin connection. In combination to spiritual and ideational distortions that must take place to at least get 35% successfulness, actual physical trauma must also take place. The above quote about the heathen nation and stuff expresses the former. Repeating said quote over and over helped to convince caucasoids of it, however inaccurate it is. Simultaneously, in a society where a dislodged segment is present, they themselves get that message, that's us, and it begins to convince the stolen native population. Here's another passage that Mr. Colcock had to say, and we we, we got to get this here. And having our plantations, time, and persons of our servants wholly under our control, we can arrange the manner and frequency of our instructions as we please, and the period of these instructions with as much punctuality and with as little interruption as we can arrange the morning and evening devotions of our own fireside. Our very children might become, to some extent, teachers by reading to them plain portions of the Bible or plain tracts and things of such sort. Our very children. So then you get that 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 helps bolster these little Caucasoid babies into thinking that they were better than us, and then they grow up um, still thinking the same thing. So the sins of the father definitely um, falls on on the son. Now, as we continue, <clears throat> again, I go through, I pull out certain quotes add some commentary to it. And last week, I remember I read um, what he called the benefits of the religious instruction of the Negro. There will be better understanding of the mutual relations of master and servant. There will be greater subordination and a decrease of crime amongst the Negro. Much unpleasant discipline will be saved to the churches, the church and society at large will be benefited. The souls of our servants will be saved, and we shall relieve ourselves of great responsibility. Now, here's a key lesson that Cogazois learned early on, but it seems like we haven't got. But Colcott understood it clearly. Quote, 
Obedience will never be felt and performed to the extent that we desire it unless we can bottom it on religious principle. Obedience will never be felt and performed to the extent that we desire it unless we can bottom it on religious principle. Now, this is me talking. If we read it a slightly different way, to get a Negro to believe or follow something tied to Christianity or tell him Jesus endorses it, these putrid tricks still work and are used against us today. Another quote from Colcock. We've been Colcock with this Christian Christianity. Will the authority of the masters be weakened by instructions of this sort? No, it will be strengthened. And we believe that their authority can be strengthened and supported in this way only. For the duty of obedience, this is the whole thing, for the duty of obedience will never be felt and performed to the extent that we desire it unless we can bottom it on religious principle. Continuing, again, have we not heard individual planters say that some of their best servants are those who profess religion and appear to have the root of the matter in them? Now, now that one, <laughs> some of their best servants are those who profess religion. Almost 80% of all the preachers out there, 80% of all the congregation follow this Christian doctrine unquestioned, unfettered, no thought behind it, which then entails them not to challenge the system, which then entails them not to build for themselves, which almost sees it as ungodly to challenge the white man that looks like the guy that they preach to every day. You don't even challenge them in any way, especially not by building your own thing, because that would be a direct challenge to God, to the white man, to, to as they interpret it as the same thing. So uh, he, he was talking about this in the 1830s, 1840s. What is this, 2010 and the same shit's going on? Wow. So, okay. So, yeah, there, there's more <laughs> in the in the um, plant in the religious structure of Negro discernment piece. I'm trying to speed up so we can get into the suggestions, the updated piece. Um, this is me talking and. Yeah, this will take us into the suggestions. So this is a little of what the quote-unquote friend of the Negro had to say about our state, physically, mentally, and religiously. The sermon that we just went over was given in 1831, with its fourth edition being printed in 1832. The 277-page book of the same name came out in 1842, which is available online. And that's what the two brothers that I talked about at the beginning, that's what they came across, and that's what they have been building upon even before they knew anything about me or about this book. And so then once they did find me and find this book, now they've got all three pieces together just like I did and came to the same conclusion. We need to leave this shit alone and come back home. Upon reflecting, going back reading them, 
upon reflecting on the successes and shortcomings of his curriculum for spiritual death. And upon many conversations with other enslaved African owners, hearing their concerns and objections, 16 years later in 1847, he published his clarification piece, Suggestions on the Religious Instructions of the Negro in the Southern States. It is here where he clarifies some older ideas, strengthens some older positions, and takes time to elaborate more fully on certain concepts. And again, I reprint the most germane, which is pretty much the entire document of suggestions and religious instructions of the Negro. And this one lays out the exacts, the what's, when's, how's, and continuing in the usual format, then I'll walk through um, and do some suggestions. So play another quick promo and then jump right back into walking through suggestions on the religious instruction of the Negro by the Apostle of the Blacks, Charles Colcock Jones. Welcome to the Desert of the Real. Peace, family. This is your brother, Hollop, a.k.a. Mr. Holipsis, a.k.a. the Buzz Killer. Tune in to Holipsism's Haven every Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where we discuss the social, economic, and political issues of the day with a common-sense approach, an African-centered perspective, and a universal sensibility. Call in number 347-843-4874. That's 347-843-4874. To check out related YouTube videos, blogs, and show archives, visit www.holipsism.com. That's www.holipsism.com. I'm making it hard to get your Negro on. Hotep, Black Power. There's something wrong with the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there, like a splinter in your mind, driving you mad. And ultimately, we ask the question that's closest to home for a lot of people. When we claim that we've escaped slavery, and that slavery was something back there, which had nothing to do with us today, and then I ask you the question, what kind of God do you worship? What's the name of it? Who taught you to praise him? What's the name of it? Who taught you to praise him? Was this the God you were praying to before you were brought to these shores? Was this the religion you had before you were brought to these shores? Can you name one African God? Was this the God you were praying to before you were brought to these shores? Was this the religion you had before you were brought to these shores? Can you name one African God? And then I ask you the question, what kind of God do you worship? What's the name 
of it. Who taught you to praise him? Was this the God you were praying to before you were brought to these shores? Is this the religion you had before you were brought to these shores? Can you name one African God? How can you then, who define yourself, the very essence of yourself and the very essence of your soul, and organize the very nature of your life here on earth, based on a God handed to us by a slave master, claim that you have no slave consciousness and are not related to slavery. Baba Amos breaking it down. Oh, and I'm sorry. The musical clip that I played earlier, um, and, and folks in the chat let me know it came out clear, so I'm sorry for the folks who listen on the phone. That was Mamadi um, Ketia. Um, so, like I said, the, 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 the suggestions on the religious instruction of the Negro was his updated piece. And this he did in 1847. So he had heard suggestions, he had heard um, complaints, he had heard objections, and so he's like, I, I, I mean, I'm gonna, I'll update it for you. And so this is Colcock talking. Entering upon his labors, this is the, he's talking to the enslaved African owners, entering upon his labors, he will make the acquaintance of the people as extensively as possible. He should certainly endeavor to know personally the members of the church. Call them by their name. Give them the right hand of friendship and take an interest in their families and health and prosperity. He should be careful to become acquainted with the more influential members and to notice kindly not only the young but the aged in the church. Bastard. His intercourse with the people will be made pleasant by kindness and condescension without too great familiarity or sacrifice of becoming dignity and self-respect. To convince them of his sincere interest in them will secure their confidence and affection and open an effectual door of access to them. This is me talking. These two paragraphs together show clearly, then and now, how to con, dupe, and swindle Africans into loyalty to Caucasoids. Act nice and smile. They worked this tactic to near perfection with their integration push in the 60s. Overnight, things went from total exclusion, water hoses, rabbit dog attacks, and church bombings to, we love you. You can enter most of our establishments. We will treat you fairly and stop eating you. Now, this this writer, me, was incensed with this ta- that this tactic is still working today. So now, to ensure full impact and clarity, basically, I looked up the word condescension. Um, Oxford English Dictionary and the source. It says to behave as if. One is on equal terms with an inferior, usually while maintaining an attitude of superiority. So to bring it back, to convince them of his sincere interest in them will secure their confidence and affection 
and open an effectual door of access to them. So now, Colcock has a section in here, and I just sort of relabel it. He looks, he looks at um, how effective ministering to the Negro should look. He has a section where he looks at how to minister to Negro adults, and I call that um, how to spiritually trap Negro adults. And then a little bit later on, he looks at how to properly, quote-unquote, properly minister Negro children and youth. So I labeled that how to spiritually trap Negro children and youth. And so, again, he walks through specifics on Excuse me, how to do that, talking about the particular time of day and the manner of preaching and the style of preaching and things like that. I got to read this into the record. Now, when you look at this whole this whole section here from, I, I label it from page 13 to 27, where he walks through how to minister to the adults and how to minister to the children. Check Check this out. Now, whether or not pages 13 through 27 were followed exactly to the letter is not the most germane issue. The fact that this Caucasoid took the time and energy to sit, think, and apply it during his time is the real issue. It seems that he created the template for which all after him or those of like minds were to follow. His foresight and long thought set the standards for how once proud Africans would praise this abominable Jesus. Things, of course, have been tweaked from 1847 Gregorian calendar to now, but Dr. Jones created the parameters, the foundation, and the groundwork for all other Christian brainwashers to follow. For further illumination, I quote from uh, Professor Donald Matthews. He, Reverend Charles Colcock Jones, was, of course, not alone in his efforts. William Capers, William Meade, and others attempted also to broadcast the idea of religious instruction. But it was he, Charles Colcock Jones, who was the chief theorist of the entire movement. His book, The Religious Instruction of the Negro, was its Bible. His catechism was its guidebook. His country, excuse me, his county, Liberty County, Georgia, was the ideal county. His theory Colcock's theory was the best articulated hope of those who wish to reshape their society. He formulated a theory for a generation of Southern churchmen to shape into reality. So we got to get that. I ain't putting it all on one person, and I say that in the conclusion. I ain't putting it all on Colcock. There were other people around him who, who, who were doing the same thing. However, when you look at the documents, you look at who put in the most energy, who put in the most work, who was, what, what, what material other folks were referring back to to get their ideas. Most of the folks who was in dedicated to bastardizing our spirits for Christianity constantly referred back to its chief theorist, Charles Colcock Jones. And so, again, we walk through, and if you listen to um, the Spiritual Willie Lynch letter, part three on uh, Black Family Vanguard, he pulls out and reads another one of the quotes in dealing with, and in the matter of preaching to the Negro, um, Colcock says, deal much in parables 
historical events, miracles, lives of men holy and profane as found in the Bible and the great and wonderful works of God, all in, all in illustration of doctrine and practice. He must reason much by illustration. Y'all peep that right. He said, this is what he said. He, that means us, must reason much by illustration. So if the Caucasoid draws the picture, then we've got the illustration. Um, back reading again. And as a great majority of them do not read, he should read, the, the, the enslaved African owner, he should read and explain God's holy word to them constantly and as extensively as possible. So, again, he walks through styles. He has suggestions on the style. Okay. Um, there's a little subsection in the book I call The Art of War, and I start off with a quote from um, Dr. Bobby Wright. The whites must truly feel a sense of pride in seeing this Negro leadership so clearly validating their own beliefs in white superiority. Here we have, within the race, the intolerable situation, intolerable situation of an anti-black group proclaiming the race's inherent inferiority more effectively than whites ever could precisely because this group is regarded as black. The reason why I bring that up is because, yeah, there we go, okay. Um, yeah, let me continue. Um, it seems that with the upcoming quote that's coming up, and an African mind, we can see the cold, calculative ability of Dr. Jones and of Caucasoids in general. While direct rule has Caucasoid bodies within physical proximity of their subjects ruling over them, which makes it very easy for the subject group to see who is at the source of their domination, indirect rule has won out over the last 200 years or so here and on the continent as the preferred method of domination. Within this system, a physical Caucasoid presence is not necessary. They usually find, train, and greatly reward members of the subject group, Obama, to dominate um, their own group for the benefit of Caucasoids, Obama. While George Padmore, Amos Wilson, and countless others have exposed this pernicious system to this very nanosecond, it is still highly effective, Obama. Those less sophisticated feel a sense of pride following the dictates of someone within their own group who has been allowed to attain high status within the Caucasoid power hierarchy when in actuality they are only being rewarded for putting a black face on white power. So that was to set up this Colcott quote. It becomes us to inquire if, in the history of the world, any people have ever been thoroughly Christianized without the employment of their own agency to a large extent in diffusing the gospel amongst themselves. I know of no such people. I know of no such people. Basically, you have to use folks within the group to get the lie within the group. And and he he 
at, at the be at first when you go through his material, when when you look at him in the eighteen thirties, he was against um black folks preaching. He just wanted the enslaved African owners to be the ones to give him the gospel. And then when the whole Nat Turner thing broke down, he really started crapping his pants, and he even has some stuff to say about that as far as, you see, when you don't do it within our instruction, it's the blind leading the blind and stuff like that. But um, he changed his position and as far as having black folks um teaching black folks to teach other black folks this Christian crap. And so I say, what changed his mind? Who really knows? As late as 1442, he held the same position. Um, When you look in his book, um, and I give the page numbers there. But now one possible hint at this upcoming change may possibly have been a statement from an unnamed, quote-unquote, venerable color preacher who in the strongest self-hating language imaginable allegedly told Colcock Jones this. So when you go into his book, there's a quote allegedly from a black preacher, and I'm about to share that with you now. Sir, it is the gospel that we ignorant and wicked people need. This is a black person talking, allegedly. Sir, it is the gospel that we ignorant and wicked people need. If you will give us the gospel, it will do more for the obedience of servants and the peace of community than all your guards, guns, and bayonets. One thing that was that that I have to mention is going back to the Black Family Vanguard piece. On their Spiritual Lynch Letter Part 1 and Part 2, they open up the show with fool-ass, dumb knucklehead Jesse Lee Peterson and him talking about he's happy that the white folks brought us over into slavery and he wants to thank the white man every day for it. And when you listen to Jesse Lee and you've seen the boondocks, Aaron Magruder must have made Uncle Ruckus off of that jacknut fool. He must have. But... Uncle Ruckus is definitely even seen in this alleged actual quote from a brother, I mean, a venerable colored preacher, as Colcock says. Sir, i got to read this one more time. Sir, it is the gospel that we ignorant and wicked people need. If you will give us the gospel, it will do more for the obedience of servants and the peace of the community than all of your guards and guns and bayonets. Wow. I see I got two minutes left. Um, Screw it. We'll go ahead and do a part three next week because I wanted to read this catechism piece in, and then I wanted to share a bit of the better part of the book, I feel. Um, If you agree with everything that you had just heard, then here are some suggestions on moving beyond it, um, dealing with – African spirituality, some resources, some things to look at and look into, things like that. So even though there's another topic that is on my shoulder, just just gnawing at me to, 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 to address, I'll put it off one more week because this cold cock piece, this Christian piece, we got to get it into the record. We got to give 
you folks the ammo so you can go out and 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 bash <laughs> and so you can give it to other folks who are caught up in it so you can have some intellectual information so you can move on and move past it. So you've got these two shows, How to Make a Negro Christian, my book analysis that you can use for ammo, and then on Blog Talk, Black Family Vanguard, they've done three spiritual Willie Lynch letter pieces where they walk through the document and and they even now then add in some um, pieces from my book as well. So next week we'll do part three, and then um, we'll go from there. Thank you for everyone that's listening live. Thank you for everyone who will download it. Thanks for everyone in the chat. Uh, Abibi Fahodie, Total African Liberation. Um, call in or raise your hand. Switchboard's about to die, so we'll continue this discussion in the overtime. The way the system of European control works is that you have to accept a concept of reality which makes them superior. If you deny that, their thing will not work, and they will lose their control. All right. Whew. Got through some of it, most of it. <laughs> Get through all of it. I'm going to complete. I'm going to keep complaining about just having an hour. Oh, my God. Now, like I did last time with the archives, I went ahead and read some into it for folks that will download it, and then I may go ahead and readdress it um, next week and reread it as well. But these 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 brothers on um, Black Family Vanguard, they um, you know they had a, a caller come in, call in, and they had to and one thing. Well, no, let me say it this way. So the caller came in and he said, well, you know, brother, the, 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 the truth that's in the Bible, of course they got that from us. So I think you're, y'all are wrong for attacking Christianity. You need to attack um, the people who don't use it right. You need to attack um, all that sort of stuff. But Christianity, excuse me, its better principles came from us. And so, you know, you know, the brothers weren't hearing it. <laughs> they put them on mute and blasted them and, and, you know, said some other stuff. And they sort of tried to continue the dialogue, but the other brother wasn't hearing them. So they basically, you know, just blew them off and, you know, hung up on them. And, and, I mean, they're fed up because, again, they were steeped in it, fast-tracked a missionary and a pastor. And for them to then be able to step out of it fully, wholeheartedly, and now they're on this spiritual reaffinization path is is unfathomable to to, to so many people. Um, Again, I I, I have a personal friend, a a really good friend, who was brought up in the Catholic piece from the little wee child (laughs) up up through through, through, um, parts of their middle school and parts of their high school, stuff like that. And and their ancestors' circulations tapped them on their shoulder and pulled them out of it. And so 
it, it, it is possible. <laughs> it is possible. Um, if if you going through and down that 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 wretched Christian piece, no matter almost no matter how deep, because again, one brother was a, a pastor in it, and and he has now truly been saved. But I put together a quick rejoinder for what I call the principles argument. Now again, I, I think I pretty much laid <laughs> to, to to bed this whole African origins of peace in my three-part piece. But I wanted to specifically share this um, this, eh, this little bit that came to me as far as folks using this principle, the principles that came from us. Well, you see, brother, the principles are correct and okay for us. Yeah, that's a four. That's a bad one, okay? Read you right. Oh no, let me start over. Well, you see, brother, the principles are okay and correct. Plus, you should already know they took those principles from us, from Africa. That's that's what folks will say, or something similar. When debating black folks about Christianity, and you back them into a corner, they tend to spout out this principles argument. The two lines you just heard beforehand. You will also hear it. From your 50 plus age Typical nationalists Those who usually haven't had A new thought in two Decades They read Dr. Ben's work Back in the day and got stuck there No consistent Reading, no updating Of our information They just heard Christian principles Were stolen from Africa That same group that heard That clearly From Dr. Ben and Dr. Clark must have stopped the VHS or DVD on that point because both of them also always say, you know, if they would have hit hit play, if they would have kept listening to it, Doc Ben, Dr. Clark always say, go back home to the original. And if you don't believe me, I will go through my archives and pull out the actual words and that actual quote from both of them if, if, if folks need me to. Um, they, 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 I know Dr. Clark, he'd say, you know, why deal with the carbon copy of the carbon copy of the original, especially when the original still exists? That's why Dr. Ben was a pioneer in taking us stolen Africans to Kemet to see the original. Why would he have wasted his time and money if he was just trying to make us better Christians? No. Dr. Ben and others were trying to make us better Africans. Being African means knowing, studying, and living our principles our way. Not going through the the, the, the lens of Christianity, the Caucasoid lens of Christianity, but being African means knowing, studying, and living our principles our way. These same alleged principles from us, yet within Christianity, were lived differently by us due to the differences of our cultures. All things Caucasoids touch, they taint. So when we look at how Kemet actualized these original principles everyone wants to talk about, they created monuments that cannot be 
duplicated, even with all the money this present day has. Kimmick created legacies that everyone is trying to claim as theirs, but only rightly belongs to Africa and us Africans. Kimmick actualized these principles to the point that, that according to Shankar Tijot, in all the longevity of comedic culture, 3,000-plus years, there were no recorded internal revolts against the African-led government structure. And he talks about that in Civilization of Barbarism. But now, let's, let's contrast. I just went through a few of the, the pieces of, of how we practice these principles. Let's contrast that. These same alleged principles as practiced by Caucasoids have spread death and destruction throughout their home, Europe, so much so that large numbers of Caucasoids now believe there is no creator or creative forces of the universe. These same alleged similar principles as practiced by Caucasoids were prominent in the killing and distribution of at least 100 million stolen Africans throughout South Central America and America proper. These same alleged similar principles as practiced by black Christians here if you ain't hear nothing else in this hour and a half, y'all, especially the black Christians who, who hopefully y'all have passed this to, hear these next few sentences. These alleged similar principles as practiced by black Christians has not produced one one millionth, has not reproduced one one millionth of our historical accomplishments before we ever heard of the idea of Christianity. If they are really the same damn principles, practice the same damn ways, why don't we have anything real and tangible right now to show for it? If they really were the same damn principles, practice the same damn ways, why don't we today have anything real and tangible to show for it. We have been Christians, Christianized for 110 years. What are our conditions really now? We've got to really look at it. That's why myself and these other brothers are really hammering this Christian peace home because it's a lie that right now that drives our entire existence. And I'm quoting from Brother Biko from Black Family Vanguard. A lie called Christianity drives our entire existence right now. But when we look at our conditions from the 1900s when it, it, we got it in the, in the main, en masse, from, from then to right now, what do we have to show for being these great grand Christians physically, tangibly, health-wise, educational-wise, scientifically, any of that. But then when we compare these so-called original principles that we all want to say were stolen from us and they're just in Christianity, when we compare how we actualize those original principles, look at what we created. Tangible societies that have been around 200, 300,000 years, talking about the San and the Twa people. Huge monuments and structures that in the 1980s, China and Japan got together and put money together, millions and millions of dollars to try to recreate the pyramids. 
do you know how far they got? And and I, I don't know if it was Discovery Channel, History Channel, one of them. There, it's it's on video. They only got to the second damn level of the pyramid before you see these big, huge cranes tipping over because they can't get up these one and two and three ton bricks just to the second level. That's what we accomplished before we even knew about an idea called Christianity. So you can't, don't, don't, come on, <laughs> Africa's reascension. Don't, don't hit me up on YouTube. Don't come on my show talking this. It's the same principles bullshit because we have not accomplished anything close, anything remotely close, one one millionth close to what we accomplished before we had this bullshit. So don't go the principal route here. I could do a full show just on the excuses that we make to try to hold on to this crap. And I might do it. I don't know. I'm going to think about that. Like I say, I got another topic. <laughs> Next week we're going to do part three. Then the week after that I got another topic that's been eating me away, um, eating at me. So I will get to it sometime then. I got some research from some other stuff that's coming up. So that, that may be a while. But we have so many damn excuses on why we want to hold on to it. But the actuality is we have created nothing close to what we had if the principles were still the same. On that note, if the callers, because the the, uh, switchboard is dropped and folks are live, so if you want to chime in and say anything, add to the discussion, you can. Um, Please, again, for continued ammo, on this topic, we we did three three part series of um, exposing the fallacy of African Christianity. This is part through two of how to make a Negro Christian walking through the book I wrote in 2006. Um, part three will be the end of it. Download these shows, listen to these shows, share these shows. Not with 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 folks who who are on the fence, with folks who. You know, I've always felt ill at ease with this, but didn't really have anything to um, back it up with. That's one of the reasons why I did it, to give them the intellectual ammo to move on. And then, as we'll cover next week, I then add some sources that people can go to and possibly use to help. Because you first have to, if you were a Christian right now, and you see the fallacy in it now, and you want to move to getting into Europe or getting into a con, getting into a Sarset, getting into Vodun. I personally would not, unless you're real, real special, I personally would not advise making that immediate jump because there will be, you, you, there's still going to be psychological and spiritual baggage and carryover from the Christian peaks. Um, when you see us joining with our, with our, um, Deities, something may click off in your head, and you might think exorcist and demon possession, all that sort of stuff. Um, so, 
I would say in that interim, in that in-between time, that's when you, 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 you put the bullets in your African intellectual spiritual armor, if you will, and understand what the African way is and understand how African spirituality in the large sense is done. Yes, you know, it's um, practiced differently in different parts of the continent, things like that. But when you studied it, you looked at it, you've experienced it, you see there are some key and foundational similarities throughout East, West, North, South, and Central traditional Africa where you, you will get the basic gist of, of, of a spiritual festival done down um, in, in Zimbabwe and then go over to, to rural Kenya, and then you go over to Aquapim, Ghana. You're going to see some foundational similarities there. So you've got to get that, that, that you got to cleanse part of the mind from the Christian brainwashing by filling it in with information on the African worldview, information on um, African spiritual systems, thing, things like that. And after that starts resonating more with you, more with your spirit, things like that, then I would suggest, you know, if, if you're lucky enough to have a different spiritual houses in your particular area, then go to one. There's um, um, yeah, something else I was going to say. Anyway, um, so, yeah, so... In the back of the book, I walk through some of those sources, um, books and videos and other things to, to, to begin that process. And then at some point also we'll go through, I'll, I'll go through a show on how to set up your Aforimuka, your Jingili, your um, Inkomre, or your altar or shrine, because that will be step one. Eh, that'll be step two. I would still say um, getting the books, watching, you know, some videos, listening to some lectures, getting after worldview down, that should be part, that should be step one. Step two would then be setting up your own personal ancestral um, aforimuka so then you can begin to have that personal connection with your lineage or circulage ancestors. And at some point, we'll do, I'll do a show on that. Um, some things you should have on there. I'll be sharing from um, Kwesi Rodenham Pataya Khan. He wrote a piece on how to set it up in his book, in, in his um, journal, as well as Ancestors, Hidden Hands, Healing Spirits by um, Baba Lau Ross Esabema. He has a whole little section in there on setting up your um, jingili or altar and so we'll share from those two pieces. But, again, that's going to be a while. I'm just giving, you know, a little layout of some of the shows to come. Um, and so, yeah, I guess since the callers don't want to jump in and say anything, uh, Madasi to, first and foremost, Madasi to Black Family Vanguard, please check them out and um, download their well, that, in in specific relation to this, download their um, Spiritual Willie Lynch Letter Part 1, Part 2, Part 3. Um, and they have some other good stuff on there as well. They got an interview with Baba Rudy. 
and they've got some other stuff on there. So definitely, definitely go to their site. Madasi, um, the Brother Holip, for helping me out with this whole piece. Madasi um, to the um, to the to the callers who are listening. Um, IOB, I got you. Madasi um, uh, to folks who are in the chat room. Thank you so much. Um, and again, Madasi to the 50 folks right now a week who constantly and, and, and religiously, if you will, <laughs> download the archives for a new show with this type of subject matter. I'm going to take that as a victory. Um, um, consistently, by 50 folks, uh, hey, that's all good. So next week, same time, same spot. How to Make a Negro Christian, book analysis, the conclusion. Um, and we'll go from there, please, again. Um, go to the page, click all the links, click the books there. That helps me out. Even if you don't buy nothing, just click the ads, click the links. That helps the brother out. And um, hope to See everyone in the chat and or in the call queue listening next week at this time. We can defeat the plan of Charles Colcock Jones. It won't be easy, but the end results will be monumentous and our ancestors are waiting for it. Abibi Fahodie, Total African Liberation.